Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to Get That Bread, a podcast discussing value investing strategies. So let's imagine a scenario where there's a brokerage account, and inside that brokerage account, there's three stocks. Google, worth $1,200, Apple, worth $200, and Coke, worth $50. So the total aggregate assets are about $1,450. Now, let's also imagine that there's a credit card balance owed against that brokerage account of $450. So the net residual asset value is about $1,000. Now, also for illustrative purposes, let's assume and pretend that that brokerage account is up for sale for you for $375. Interesting idea, right? Or interesting opportunity, at least. Is it a good buy? Is it a good investment? Is it undervalued, overvalued? What would you do? Well, if you kind of work through that math, if you have something that's worth $1,000 and you could buy it for $375, well, that's kind of like buying a dollar for about $0.37. Cents. Pretty good investment. Because otherwise, you'd be, I mean, if you did go ahead with that transaction, you would profit with $625 straight into your pocket. In other words, you'd make about 167%. Why do I bring up this scenario? Well, I think um, the reason is because I have this company in my sites called NL Industries, ticker symbol NL, that I want to discuss with you guys today. It's not a fang. It's not a unicorn. It's not a stock that's really on anyone's radar. It's never discussed on CNBC. And so I kind of wanted to dissect this particular company because this example, I think, mirrors what's going on with this company. So let's go ahead and just talk. Let's talk about that. NL Industries is a holding company, and it's comprised of three assets, which also happen to be publicly traded. The largest, most important asset is going to be uh, a global titanium dioxide producer called Kronos Worldwide Inc., ticker symbol KRO. NL's interest in that business is worth approximately $505 million. Now, the second asset is going to be a security and marine components manufacturer called Compax International. NL's interest in that business is worth roughly about $165 million. And then lastly, uh, NL also holds an interest in a company called Valley Inc., ticker symbol VHI, and that value is about $37 million from NL standpoint. Now, if you aggregate all of those assets together, that investment portfolio is worth about $707 million. Add back cash about $71 million, and you have an asset value that's about $778 million. Now, if you subtract out all of the liabilities associated with NL, just like the illustration that I had walked through with you at the beginning of this episode, well, you know, take out debts, take out underfunded pension liability, accrued environmental costs, and litigation liability, they all amount to, uh, in my very conservative estimation, of about $283 million. So you stripped all those out, and you have a net residual or a net asset value of about $495 million as of the date of this recording. Now, that value compares with NL's market capitalization of $190 million. On a per share basis, that implies NL's net asset value is about $10.34 versus the share price of $3.90 as of the most recent close. That implies an upside potential of about 165%. Again, 165% return potential. Pretty interesting, isn't it? I mean, 
like I said at the beginning of the episode, that's kind of like buying a dollar for 37 cents. Why wouldn't you want to do that? It makes all the sense in the world. I mean, who wouldn't want free money, essentially, right? I mean, it's an amazing return. Don't you want to buy it? I mean, don't you want to call your broker right now and give him a phone call? I mean, open up TD Ameritrade, open up Charles Schwab, go ahead, look at the ticker symbol, NL, go ahead and take a look at it. Wait, so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, before you do anything crazy, hold on. Don't fall sway to the Jedi mind trick of framing. And now, that's kind of exactly what I just did. I laid out uh, the investment prospects, all of the possible gains associated with this investment opportunity. I didn't lay out any of the inherent risks or some of the underlying assumptions that get you to that $495 million net asset value or the $10.34 per share. So framing, for those of you who aren't really all that familiar with that term, it's a cognitive bias that was popularized as one of the cognitive biases that was popularized by two psychologists during the 1970s, Amos Tversky and Daniel Kahneman. And they kind of are the forerunners or the frontrunners behind uh, the whole phenomenon around behavioral economics. And so uh, framing is essentially uh, packaging information in such a manner that will influence your behavior or the conclusions that you will extrapolate based on the limited information that I provide you with or the tailored information that I provide you with. So the reason why I bring that up is because there, you know, for so many of us who consume a lot of investment content, uh, a lot of the stuff out there has been framed for us to look at a stock or an investment opportunity in a particular light and then to draw a logical conclusion based on the limited information provided to us. So that's why it's so important for you to do your own research. And that's why I'm trying to pivot this conversation away from saying, hey, look at this great return potential. The next logical move is you should buy it. Instead of that, look at it, and then that should incite you to go and do your own research instead of thinking, oh, there's a great investment opportunity. I'm going to just buy it just for this, just because of what I just saw or heard. So um, I just wanted to throw that in there really quick. That's really important, and I hope you don't get duped um, based on whatever get-rich-quick schemes there may be out there, especially on YouTube. So moving on to the background story for NL Industries. So part of the reason for the valuation disconnect in NL has a lot to do with its questionable past involving uh, a number of ongoing lawsuits related to various chemicals and waste contamination. And so uh, one thing to keep note of regarding NL is that it's actually an old industrial company founded in 1891 in the state of New Jersey, which, you know, eventually it's evolved from what it once was into what it is today as a, as a holding company. But in the past, it was actually involved with a, a number of uh, different business activities, including the production of lead-based paints, the operation of lead smelters. Uh, the manufacturing of various lubricants and machi machine equipment for the oil uh, industry, and even in weapons manufacturing. Now, while the company is no longer involved with uh, producing lead-based paints, as those operations were shut down in 1974, 
NL has been a party to an ongoing lawsuit involving contaminated uh, sites throughout the United States. So, for example, relatively recently, uh, NL was convicted or and held liable for about $1.15 billion in damages alongside the Sherwin William the, the Sherwin Williams company and Econ Agra uh, as it, as they were linked to the sale of lead-based paints um, here uh, decades ago prior to the United States ban in, in 1978 now while those three companies uh, reportedly weren't aware of the hazards and the risks associated with lead-based paints at the time they were nonetheless held liable in the state of California in January 2014 almost immediately NL um pretty much suspended its 50 cents per share dividend at that time uh, following that announcement in February 2014 and has never resumed dividends since. Now, um, subsequently, though, uh, in roughly around September 2018, the California court system did truncate or or shrink the size of that $1.15 billion liability down to $409 million, which was a, a significant uh, reduction, largely due to the fact that um, those three companies are no longer going to be held liable for damages or the usage of lead-based paints in homes uh, all the way up until 1980. It, they're going to be liable up for homes that have utilized or have been exposed to these lead-based paints uh, up to 1950. Uh, 1951, I believe, and so that's that's caused a uh, a pretty significant um, reduction in that liability uh, to 409 million dollars. Nevertheless, the reason why I'm kind of walking through this um, this example is largely to highlight um, just how serious and just how uh, just th- to the what magnitude. Uh, NL uh, is exposed in terms of uh, these environmental costs and litigation risks. And so aggregately speaking, the company's environmental costs and liability, you know, contingent liabilities uh, or or litigation liabilities, they can can range anywhere between uh, 163 million, which is displayed on the balance sheet, up to, in my estimation, um, of approximately $274 million. So how do you get to that upper range um, valuation in terms of the liability risks? Well, I think there are two major swing factors. One of them includes envir- accrued environmental costs. So over the last decade, uh, the company has continued to revise uh, environmental costs upwards, uh, almost consistently every year. And so um, while they're displaying, uh, I believe, environmental accrued environmental costs of roughly approximately $98 million on their balance sheet as of the most recent 10K, I think it could go uh, and will likely uh, start continue to, to march upwards from there. In addition to that, um, the company is realizing roughly about $65 million in net um, litigation liabilities associated with that $409 million um, uh, lawsuit. Um, but, you know, if you were to just kind of cut that $409 million into thirds, so one third to NL, one third to Sherwin William Company, and one third to ConAgra, 
Um, NL is more likely, you know, their litigation liability is more likely closer to $136 million. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm embedding that into the $274 million total or, or sum. I think NL is ultimately a, a cost or liability containment vehicle, which the ultimate parent company, uh, Contran Corporation, which owns a majority interest in Valley Inc., which in turn owns a majority interest in NL Industries, set up as a risk mitigation measure. I can see a scenario where management uh, deposited these three core assets into NL Industries with the intent of either, or at least in part or in whole, liquidating these assets to meet these incredibly long-tailed um, environmental liabilities. In management, they never really knew how large or when these liabilities would become uh, made manifest. And so I could see how uh, they had an enormous incentive to be able to localize within NL and to confine within NL uh, the possible liabilities that will arise associated with you know these environmental concerns. Now, with that being said, if you were to kind of arrive at a relatively conservative liability range on the you know their accrued environmental costs and their litigation liabilities, it would seem that uh, NL is trading at a substantial discount to the net asset value or the NAV of the business. Again, the NAV is $495 million versus uh, the market capitalization of $190 million. Now, one other thing that you need to consider is that after the company discontinued or suspended its $0.50 cents per share dividend uh, starting in early 2014, the company has traded at a 40% discount to NAV over the last five years. Now, if you were to apply that 40% discount moving forward, you're still going to look at an intrinsic value per share of NL of about $6.20 per share. That compares with NL's per share price as of the day of this recording of $3.90. In other words, that looks like you have about 60% upside to current price levels. So that is... Um, that is somewhat interesting to consider. Now, practically speaking, if you're a value investor managing a relatively diversified portfolio, when I mean diversified, you know, 20 plus positions in your portfolio, I think NL kind of could fit within um, the the possible opportunities that you could invest into. I think it's something that uh, you could realistically um, consider. But if you're a value investor managing a very concentrated portfolio of somewhere between six to eight stocks, I think you should just move on. Um, there aren't any catalysts that, um, that are on the horizon that could close the valuation disconnect. And so there are better fish out there to, to go after. Now, if you, you know, if you're insistent on looking at this opportunity, you want to do something sexy like a pair trade where you um, where you long NL shares while simultaneously shorting KRO shares. As a retail investor, I, I don't think that that's a really prudent thing to do. Largely because shorting for the prudent shorting for the retail investor is just so crazy expensive, and so that's those are just some three key practical takeaways. 
Okay, so moving on to the risks associated with this company, I think there are going to be four that really come top of mind. And the first and probably the most important one is going to be Kronos Worldwide Inc. because it's the most vital asset of NL. Uh, if the titanium dioxide industry undergoes a cyclical downturn, you could reasonably expect um, that KRO's valuation is going to decline, which in turn should negatively impact NL's NAV calculation. Moving on, if... NL's management team severely miscalculated uh, its accrued environmental costs. That could negatively impact NL's uh, intrinsic value as well. And then uh, regarding the $409 million litigation liability associated with the state of California, you know, there hasn't really been any um, really concrete disclosure around what amount exactly NL is going to be responsible for. NL on its balance sheet indicates that on a net basis, uh, they're going to try to sell for about $65 million, but that's still in process and it's not definitive as of yet. Uh, if you were to just cut $409 million into thirds, right, NL, between NL, ConAgra, and Sherwin-Williams Company, that liability all of a sudden becomes $136 million. Now, we don't, again, we don't know if that's too much, too little. If it's more than $136 million, then uh, NL's NAV calculation goes lower from uh, my estimation. And then finally, because California, the state of California has been successful in being able to um, win the court case regarding lead-based paints, uh, the sale of lead-based paints decades ago, Pennsylvania is also following suit. However, just a little caveat, um, the extent of damages that the state of Pennsylvania is looking to claim is actually far smaller uh, than the state of California, based on my research, and more parties appear to be involved than just simply three companies. So arguably, that's, that's a lesser concern or a lesser risk than the initial three that I just mentioned. So uh, there are more risks you can find in the 10K, but I think based on my own research, these appear to be the four most important ones to, to think about, or at least the four most apparent ones to be thinking about. So, uh, you know, that's kind of in a nutshell, uh, the thesis and the risk around NL Industries. And so um, I, I did attach uh, a model, a financial model, and my notes in the description section for you. So you can, you know, it's free. You can take a look at that and tinker, tinker with the, the model and, and take a look at some of the assumptions there. So with that, if you found this episode to be interesting, uh, something that you, you know, along the way, maybe you learned something new. I'd really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button, give us a like, leave us some comments. Um, this content is also available on podcast where we're also called Get That Bread Value Investing and you can find uh, similar content there. So uh, yeah, with that, I guess, I'll, uh, I guess I'll see you guys in the next episode. Later. The opinions expressed in this podcast reflects the opinions of the presenter at the time they were made and are subject to change any time after the date of a podcast's production without notice. These opinions are not intended to be a forecast of future events, a guarantee of future results, or investment advice. This podcast is for educational purposes only. While the statements made in this podcast is based on publicly available information and is believed to be accurate as of the date given, no representation is made with regard to its accuracy or completeness. 
This podcast and the affiliated content are neither an offer nor a solicitation to buy or sell securities. The presenter and its affiliates may directly hold securities mentioned in this material.